I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. We're not you fools! You're Puerto Rican? Yeah, you're Puerto Rican. I'd appreciate it if we would use the term biblical. Mucha crema, tus tacos, y se te quema el arroz. Hell yeah, mojón. Rather than just using the word before. What's going on, mi gente? Welcome back to another episode of For Christ y Cultura. Your favorite podcast and my favorite podcast. Yo soy tu locutor or your co-host, Jonathan Gonzalez, a.k.a. If it ain't brown, it ain't down. A.k.a. I drive a work truck by day, minivan by night, a.k.a. Yo soy el papi, a.k.a. I love tacos, not Taco Bell, a.k.a. El Presbicano, a.k.a. John the Presby, a.k.a. I cuss sometimes, but I'm still saved, a.k.a. You already know what it is, like my voice way says. Thank you guys for rocking with us. Um, also, a.k.a. Pray for me. It's been a crazy couple weeks for me. Uh, kind of stressful, a lot of things going on in my life. Finishing up my apprenticeship program my first year. Um, I'm a sheet metal worker, HVAC guy. Uh, finished my first year of school, and uh, that was stressful. That's why this this episode was super delayed. And also, pray for me because uh, I went to the to the urgent care today, uh, almost to the emergency room, uh, because I felt horrible today at work. I have I don't have time to get into it, but just pray for your boy. Uh, I didn't feel good at all. And uh, they just took some blood work, and uh, they're gonna send me the results later. So pray for me, pray for my family, pray for uh, this new season. Season numero dos of the Work on Sazon is coming out. So if you guys are excited for that, if you know what it is, it's our other podcast um, where we uh, feature feature sermons by Latinos, solid, dope, biblical Latinos, and uh, yeah. Other than that, I want to say one more thing before we start. Just as last week, I talk about some topics that you might not want your children to to know about or to hear. So this is just a warning. I'm going to get into a little bit of what I talked about. Yes, last week. All that to say, this episode is going to be a little bit more explicit. There's going to be a little bit more vulgar-ish things, and it's intentional because there's a hidden hidden Easter egg or gems in this episode that I want you guys to catch. Hopefully you do. And if you do, please DM us. Please send us on Instagram if you find out what those are. So it's kind of fun that to do. And uh, this episode uh, is, is, is going to be cool. So shout out everybody for Crazy Cultura. Sway, Caro, you guys are the real MVPs, straight up. So this dude would do that to other kids. That's that's all I remember. Like, there would be times where where um, we would be like doing like a little special skit or something for the church. And the dude would go in the back and have the kids lined up. And right before we went on the stage, he would literally like do that to all the kids. I think that affected me in, in, in a couple ways. Well, after that, I started being even more paranoid. My mom already scared the hell out of me that people would kidnap me and do me harm. But after that, like I was even more paranoid. Stranger danger is like one thing, but I would have to walk to school and I, I thought like that everybody was like out to kidnap me. Like I would literally have like heart, like heart attacks, like not heart attacks, but like anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Walking down the street because I thought that like somebody would yeah. come and take me and kidnap me. And yeah. so that happened to me. I just started being like a bad kid in school and I was not dumb, but I didn't care about school anymore. And that leads me all the way up to yeah like sixth grade this whole time like i said before i'm I'm an outcast i'm not i'm not a cool kid i i don't fit in anywhere i'm moving every year so i had to hang out with the outcast kids middle school comes and i am 
again a new kid have a couple friends and at this point eighth grade when I'm, my mom signing me up for school there's actually an, another kid that was in my, my my seventh year school and he was transferring into this school too okay so we were we were like hey bro like i know you like yeah i used to go to my old school and then so i started becoming friends with him when i started becoming friends with him like he was like a like a cool kid like he was he was like not top tier cool kid like everybody knew him but he was like he was like cool like he was respect and i remember i wanted to be like him because people liked him and he was cool he dressed like nice or whatever I started hanging out with different crews. Like, this is where, like, the gang stuff starts coming in. Because I start gravitating towards cer certain groups. At one point, because of some dude that started going to church with me, he kind of became, like, a big homie. So he, we would go to, like, youth group, and you had two sides. You had, like, the kids... That there were Norteños and, and the kids that there were Sureños on two sides. And they didn't like each other. And I, I remember asking them, like, wait, why don't you like David? Why don't you like Alex? Like, no, like they're busters. Like, they're you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, this and that. Like, we call them derogatory names. Like, you got to hang out with us. And so because of the friend in school, because of the guy at my church, and because of my cousins started influencing me to go a certain way, a certain side, picking a side. Mm -hmm. I started going that side. So when I hit eighth grade, I was confused and I wanted to fit in somewhere. I wanted to be known because nobody nobody paid attention to me ever. Ever. Yeah, you were moving so much. There's like it was hard to like make friends. And I remember my cousins, they would take me to quinceañeras and parties and they were popular kids they were like they were like the coolest kids and like all the girls wanted to be with them and they had so many friends and and they were gangsters so i started picking up on that like mm. how they dressed and i wanted to dress like that so this is like beginning of like like eighth grade and so i started changing started dressing different i was still like not about it but just started dressing different And my dad actually encouraged me to dress like that. He would take me to the store and say, don't you like this kind of shirt? And I and I was like, hell yeah, I like that kind of shirt, you know, like because it was all cholo sh like gear, you know. So he would encourage me to wear that stuff. And I started dressing like that the summer of ninth grade is when it starts getting serious. So now I'm dressing like it. But now the, the dude from church. He's, he's, he's older than me, and he's a Sureño, and he starts teaching me, like, the ways. He's like, bro, you want to be a gangster? And he would, like, teach me game. Like, he would just tell me gang stuff. He would take me around, the, like, his neighborhood and show me, like, graffiti. And we would bump Chicano rap. And it just took over my life at this point. Like, I knew what I wanted now. The summer of eighth grade, in, going into ninth grade, like, this is... This is who I want to be. Like, I want to be these these people, my cousins. I want to be like my cousins. I want to be like this dude. Like, they're the coolest people like I know in my life. So when I started going into ninth grade, I remember the same friend that that was in eighth grade with me that went to the, the seventh grade school with. I started hanging out with him, but then I, I, I saw that he wasn't a gangster and, and and then I and then I and he wasn't really that cool anymore. So little by little I stopped hanging out with him and there was a kid in, in my class that was a part of like the gangster group. When we walked into the school, like our school was segregated, not not by the teachers or the policies in the school, but by by our own wills. We were segregated because the hallways belonged to the white people, the the lunchroom 
belong to all the Mexicans and outside belong to the blacks and the people who sympathize with like the blacks. Wow. Uh, so we segre- <laughs> we were all segregated like that. So I remember yeah, in high school, like going up and just seeing the segregation and seeing like the, the gangbangers, the cholos, and I knew who they were. So one of them was in my class and I don't know what we started to be talking and he's like, hey, bro, why don't you come hang out with us? Because he noticed like how I was dressing, how I was talking, trying to be about. So he told me like, hey, come hang out with us. We went to the cafeteria where they were hanging out. I was finally going to be able to stand in front of that crowd that I always like saw. And right when I pull up and I walk up, one of the dudes in the crowd turns around and says, like, who the F are you? Like, I don't know you. Where are you from? I'm from nowhere. Like, I don't bang. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, bro, you can't hang out with us. At this point, at this point, this little group was called uh, WM. It, it, it stood for Wicked Mexicans. And that was like a big thing in my school. So he's like, you ain't, you ain't Wicked Mexicans, bro. You can't hang out with us. And he was like, just dissing me, bro. Like, he was just telling me, like, I couldn't hang out with them, that I was whack, that it's only for, like, wicked Mexicans, and that's it. And, like, you you can't hang out with us. And, bro, that broke my heart because I, I, I wanted to be like them. So, and, and they, didn't, they didn't let me in. But then eventually I did get in because I, I, I wanted to be in so bad that I'm like, okay, if you don't think that I'm down, then I'm going to prove myself. So I started like picking fights. I started doing like all kinds of stuff, like trying to be intentional and trying to like get their attention. And finally, I got one of them atten- one of their attentions. In a- he was in my PE class, and this dude, he just just I started hanging out with him a lot more, a lot more, and we started doing things, ditching and riding on walls and like doing a whole bunch of stuff. And he's like, "Bro, he's like, what, man?" He's like, "I'm about to tell the homies that like." You want to be in WM? And and I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah, I want to be in WM. He's like, all right, bro. He's like, I'll, I'll put in a good word for you, bro. We've been hanging out, blah, 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 like this and that. He's like, so I'll put in a good word for you. And it was finally until that dude brought me in and he said, hey, man, like I'm vouching for this dude. Is when I finally was able to go into that circle. Finally was able to, to enter that world. That I was like so desperately like trying to be a part of. And this, like this at school, at church, in the neighborhood that I was living in, like this was all shaping me because my cousins, the people at church, the people in my school, like they were all gangsters. They were all gang members. Mm -hmm. So it was just so in my heart that I wanted to be like them. The day that I got jumped in, Cause I had to hang out with them for a long time, you know, like typical gang member story. But the day I got jumped in, something happened when I came back to school. So we would, we would do these things where we would call them kickbacks. We never went to school. We would only go to school just to pick up like females and then go to kickbacks, which is, which is like parties. We would throw parties in while school was going. So we never had parties like high school parties, like after school, we would have them during school hours. We would, we would talk to all the homies and see whose, whose parents were working. So whose house was available. So we would all go to like different homies, house and, and we had older homies. So they would have cars and they would pick us up. They would just, they would just say, yo, just go, you know, find some females and then we'll pick you up and then we'll drop you back off at school. (gasps) And so we did that, that this was my life. So ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, I never went to school because we, we were all just partying, drinking, smoking. Like I got introduced into all that. Uh, so so we had kickbacks. So I got jumped into when I was when we were at a kickback. And um, by jumped in, do you mean like initiated? Yeah. yeah. OK. Like I was baptized in <laughs> like uh, yeah, it was my baptism. Like I had to, I had to do with my profession of faith and uh <laughs> And I was baptized. <laughs> it, it's pretty much like that. Like I, I had to, yeah. you know, go in there, tell them who I am, and you know, this is that, and blah blah blah. Yeah. Anyways, like five dudes, four dudes jumped me in. They were like all youngsters like me. They jump, they jump me in, and 
They gave me my name. Yeah. So right when I, right after they jumped me in, I got up and they all hugged me. So they're they're fight, they're beating the crap out of you. And then right when you get up, like they just start embracing you and hugging you and saying, "Bro, welcome to the family. Like you're one of us now." Like blah blah blah. And one of the big homies, he came up. He he stepped up like right when right when they picked me up and they were all hugging me. He's like, "Bro, he's like, I'm gonna call you Peewee. That's your nickname from now on." And and I was like, Peewee, all right, screw it. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I didn't like it, but whatever, you know. So we took a picture right in front. I still have that picture. The first day, um, we took a picture with all the homies, and I was there. And, and I finally, for the for the first time, I threw it up. You know, like I got to I got to throw it up uh, in that picture. And we we got back to school, and that day, the same day, I got back to school. I walked into the cafeteria like regularly and everybody embraced me and this girl she's she she's she started she came up through the crowd hey 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 she's like I want to introduce you guys to to Peewee yeah he he's from WM he's from WM like Peewee and then at that point nobody knew who I was nobody paid attention to me but that day when she out of everybody like said like my name and paid attention to me and was telling everybody that I was from WM. I felt like the whole world, like all eyes on me. Like I was like a hot, a hot bag of chips, you know, like uh, <laughs> uh, that's how I felt. And wow. literally that And this day, is like super important to you because all your life up to now, like yeah, you've been, been rejected. Yeah. 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 I, I've been rejected, never fit in. And that mm -hmm. day when she started saying that, girls noticed me and i had so when she said that two girls like came up and like hugged me and were like what like you're from wm like blah 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 like and like they were like hugging me all up on me and i'm like what the heck like this is like i've only been jumped in for like an hour and like our you know like i have like two like females like just like hugging up on me and like oh like blah 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 you're from wm like i can't believe that blah blah, blah. and uh, so that started my career as as, as a gang member and I can't tell you that I was the baddest gang member that I that I shot a whole bunch of people that that you know but but I can tell you that I was all about that life and I really was who I said I was and walking down the street you knew who I was and what I was about because because when I got jumped in I I put in my head that this is who I was going to be and I was going to do this to the fullest and to the best of my ability and my whole ninth grade year, that's all I was focused about. Like even girls, I didn't, I didn't date anybody. I didn't even do anything with anybody because I was so wrapped up in this gang life and learning it and knowing about that, that, that it took me my whole ninth year to like figure it out who I was, like establish myself. So that's how I became a gang member. And, and that was my life. That was my life. That was my life until... Until probably like I was 19. Growing up with no dad and role model to lead me to the right path. So I chose the gang life. I ain't chilling back. Pass it back, no distract, cause I'm ready to attack. I jump into my hood, do a vision, I'm sticking back in the bias, busting highlights. Yo, cause I'm my homie Charlie. Cruising down the street in a G ride. My homies are strapped up, loaded up. We don't give a fuck, leave a bus to stuck. My ninth grade year, I was a square. But then 10th grade hit, you could say like, I don't know. I don't know how. But to me, I felt like I was a late bloomer. Because it wasn't until 10th grade that I finally like got to get with some girl. But once I did that, like once I did that, like that took me on a whole different thing. Like, I was obsessed with women and obsessed with using women. And I just, like, I became addicted to alcohol and women, like, at this okay. point. And, okay. and this, like, ruled my life. Gangbanging, women, and alcohol ruled my life for years. I remember, I remember like, a, a counselor would, would tell me, like what do you want to be when you want to grow when you grow up? Like do you have any goals? Like like you don't you don't have any like what do you like doing? 
Because because she would say like, "What do you want to be?" I'm like, "I don't know." She's like, "Well, uh, what are you good at?" <laughs> and uh, the only things I was good at was gang banging, drinking, and like getting with females. Like that's you know that's what I was good at. And then she would ask me, "Well, what do you like doing?" And I'm like, "I like just being drunk. I like." Like hanging out with my friends, like that's what I want to do. Like that's that's who I am. That's what I want to do. That's my only aspiration in life. Like, yeah. you know, I was like 15 years old, 16 years old, saying like, this is, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what I want to do with my life. All I know is this is like what I want to do. This is what I like. Right. And so, a lot of things happen in there. My mom, like I said, has always been a believer, and she, she was very ignorant at the beginning when I started dressing different, when I started getting high and being drunk. She didn't know. She didn't know what marijuana smelled like until that point. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, like my ninth grade year, she, she let me do whatever I wanted because she had no, she didn't think I was doing anything wrong. She would mm-hmm. let me stay out late at night. She would like, she would give me a lot of like, like, freedom. Uh, like freedom. But that freedom, I used it all to hang out with the homies, to be like with women, to just, you know, explore drugs and, you know, all that. Like I, I did that. And and when I, on my 10th grade year, she found out that I was doing all the things that I was doing and it, was, she, it, it really broke her heart. Mm. But, but this is like where my mom and, 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 and Faith come in again, because there was times where I would come home from I would come home from whatever whatever I was doing from a late night from an all day thing from a three day thing or whatever I would come home smelling like marijuana smelling like alcohol like just faded out of my mind and she would be devastated but at the same time she would pray for me she would pray like this she's like I know that she I know that he's out of his mind. He probably doesn't know what I'm saying and won't even remember tomorrow. But I pray for you, for him, Father God, that you that you would change his heart, that you would fulfill like what you promised me. He might not understand, but his spirit understands. Like I would come home and she would pray for me. Mm. And so I remember many nights, many nights being high out of my mind, drunk out of my mind. And her just praying for me. Every freaking time I came home, she would pray for me. She would cry for me. She would pray for me. And uh, a lot of it was because she, you know, of course, I'm her I'm her son. And she loves mm-hmm. me. And she didn't want to see me uh, the way I was. But, but also, I think, at the churches that we were in, <laughs> I always used to get prophesied over. Mm-hmm. All the time. Since I was a little kid, they would prophesy over me. They would say, where's Jonathan? Where's Jonathan? Like, I would be a little kid running around everywhere. And they would be like, bring him into the front. Bring him into the front. And they would always say things about me. They would always say, like, he's, you know, whatever. He's going to be a great man of God. Like, God is really going to use Jonathan, you know, for whatever. Like, he's not like everybody else. Like, God is going to use him. So my mom believed that. Even as a teenager, I remember being like high out of my mind one time, like dragged to church and I was just so high. I didn't want to be there. I told my mom I didn't want to be there, but she, she forced me. They brought me over and, and, and they told my mom, they told my mom to come. And, and the guy told my mom, like, 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 hermana, tu hijo están malos pasos. Like, this is what's going to happen to him, that I would do what I was going to do. And that it was going to take me where I didn't want to go. But that God was at the end of the day was going to deliver me and was going to save me. That people were going to say, look, like that's that's the lady. That's 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 Yolanda's son. Like, see, like, ese es el hijo de la divorciada. Like, ese es el hijo de la abusada. Like, this is his, like, see how he turned out? Like, see how, you know, how bad he is? But then... W- when God would save me, that they would say, ese es, la, ese es el mismo hijo de la, de, la, de, la, de la divorciada. Like, mira, ese es el mismo hijo de, de la abusada. Like, look how God is using them kind of thing. Wow. So, that happened to me so many times that I, they've said so many things about me that 
my mom believed it. And you know what? Not just only my mom believed it, but I believed it too. In the back of my mind, even while I was doing all these things, I always knew that God was going to save me. And I always had that in the back of my mind. Even when I was doing dirt, whatever I was doing, I had that. Because the mm -hmm. fear of God was instilled in me. I knew there was a God. So I knew I was doing wrong. I knew I was in the mm -hmm. wrong path. But I would pray. I would literally pray. There was times right before I would, I would go like rob, go hit a lick. I would literally like... Before, like, we get to the spot, like, I would sit down and pray, and I would pray to wow. God, and I'd be like, like, Lord, like, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but please, please, like, protect me, take care of me, let me not go to jail, like, please, like, put angels around me to protect me and to, and to help me, even if I'm doing this, protect me, you know, and, um, and, and, like that stuck to me all the time i you know it wouldn't happen every day but there was times where i would be like drunk out of my mind like in the middle of it with all the homies with like females around me and living my life loving my life but then like for two seconds like i feel like for two seconds like my life would clear up like everything would clear up and then i would have a, like a thought in my head that said, like, that would say, like, Jonathan, like, what are you doing? Like, you don't belong here. Pretty much, like, come back to me. And then, like, I would, like, it was, like, one second I was, like, drunk and high. And then another second I was sober. Like, I had this weird thought. And then, boom, going back to, like, being drunk and high. And, and, and then And then I would be, like, what the hell? Like, I'm freaking tripping. But then I would throw it away. Like, I would just be like, whatever. What happened to me all the time? Like, in the middle of it. And 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 I think because of that, because I would always, like, second, not second guess, or but I would just think about things. And, and I knew the things that I was doing was wrong. I think in myself, in my soul, I started isolating myself. Because I felt like that was weakness. Because the life that I was living, that was weak to me. Because because I'm like, how am I feeling bad about this? Like how I shouldn't feel bad about this. Like, why am I why do I have this conscience like in back of my head, like always telling me this, like bugging the hell out of me? Why do I have this? Like so I felt weird. I didn't feel like a like I didn't feel like a like a real gang like like a real gang member, you know, even though I was like I felt like I was weak. I felt like I was like so I would try to make up for it, you know, like in my mind I would be like, No, I'm not listening to that, like I'm gonna be this is who I am, and I'm going to be this way. Then, like, God was dealing with me, like, putting things in my head and and making me feel like I didn't belong there. And no matter how hard I tried, I think that really, out, like, in my mind, it outcasted me. Uh, wow. Into saying, like, this Going is not back to, like, just being an outcast. Just being an outcast. I'm 17. I met my wife. She was my baby mama. But before that, she was my girlfriend. And before that, she was... She was this girl that my homie had a crush on. And the reason I started talking to her is because she had she was in my science class. And my homie wanted to get with her. And, I, you know, I, I thought she was... I said she was... I thought she was beautiful, but I thought she was out of my league. There's different kinds of girls, right? Like, there's there's girls that you just know, like, there's no way. <laughs> so she was one of those girls I was like, okay, there's no way that I could ever, like, get with her. 
And at this time, I thought I was like a freaking player or whatever, you know. And I thought, and and yeah, I could literally like get with anybody that I wanted. But for some reason, there was some like a couple girls that I knew. I just nah. So so my wife, I started talking to her at that at that time, and uh, she told me she's like, I don't like I don't like cholos. She's like, so tell your friend to stop. Like, I'm never gonna pay attention to him. I don't like cholos. I don't like gang members. Oh, uh, but I. From then on, I started, like, creating this relationship with her. And I think, you know what, like, I don't think I'm the best-looking cat, you know? I don't think so. I think I'm okay. But what but what makes me likable is, is like, my, my, like, who I am. Like, me, Your personality. Yeah, my personality. So once mm-hmm. you start getting to know me, then, like girls start like falling in love like it was not like oh he's fine like i need to be with him nah it was like okay he's cute but then once i started talking okay and then and i knew that so even back then like i knew that that's how i got girls like like that way I, gang. i had to i had to be funny i had to be the mm-hmm. funny guy like i knew it if i made you smile like i could get with you i knew it like so i like that's that's how i played the game yeah i, I played the game like that so mm-hmm. So, I remember making my wife smile, my like her smile, and like right when she smiled, and right when I saw her, I was like, I, 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 I could get with it. Like I knew it, I knew it, and I was like, okay. So she smiled. So now I could, now I'm gonna try. So before I wasn't trying, but now I'm gonna try. And I was 15, almost about to be 16, when I met her and whatever, and she was going out with somebody else. And I was going out with somebody else too, and we since that science class we started developing like a friendship. I knew it was more than just a friendship, but I didn't want to break it to her because I, I didn't think she liked me. But it turns out she did, and we both felt the same way. But I was with somebody and she was with somebody, and it was one day at another kickback that that I just pretty much told her how I felt, and I and. Ever since you invited her to the kickback, yes, yeah, she would go all the time. She would she would go to kickbacks, and you know we, I, I pretty much took every like his Hispanic girl in our school to a kickback at least once because it was me and one of my other friends, like the the people that would do it. So there was there was like a group of people that were my friends and there was particular people that would go around the whole school and say to every girl every single girl even if i never talked to you in my life i would say hey like you want to go to a kickback like you like to drink you want to smoke like come through like don't even trip like if you know just ditch first period we'll bring you back second period if you don't want to if you don't want to go the whole day we'll bring you back first break if you want to be here before the the day ends we'll bring you back second break so because of the way we ran things, like we had so many like girls and everybody at one point probably said yes, like to come to our kickbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, so I, I at, at 16, I started going out with my girlfriend at that time and, and I've been with her ever since. But that sounds great, but it wasn't like how you think. It wasn't always like straight, like, oh, this is mm-hmm. the best relationship ever. My relationship with my baby mama was, and my wife now, it was never like a straight relationship. Like, we, I loved her, and, you know, she was my girlfriend for years, but I, I, I never, I never was faithful to her, and, and she knew it because, because that's, that's who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and every girl that I was with knew that, and I told them that I was that person. I would always say that. I would always say that to them. Like before we even started anything, I'm like, yo, this is this is who I am and I'm not gonna stop being who I am for you. We're young, mm-hmm. stupid, whatever. So she my 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 wife knew who I was and she didn't like it, but I think maybe she got used to it. I just like uh, any uh, like abusive relationship, like it's, they just kinda think that this is what life is. So we are fast forward. I'm almost nine, 18. I'm almost graduating high school. Like I'm a gang member. I'm a mujeriego. I'm a drunkard. This is my life still. But then 
my girlfriend gets pregnant. Mm. And uh, this is my senior year. I'm, I was a second second year senior because of all the school that I missed, I had to do a whole extra year. Oh wow. Yeah. I was a so senior behind. plus. Yeah, I was so behind cuz like I said I didn't go to school. I only to go to school yeah. to meet up with my friends, to get girls and to leave. Like that's what I'm I was surprised you even graduated. Yeah. Because at the end I moved to this school called Rain Shadow and it was a it was a continuation school. That's what they call them oh, in, okay. in 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 different states. But it was it was a different kind of school. It was a specialized school for troubled kids. Mm-hmm. But the, the the way they the way they their specialty was taking these troubled kids but teaching them like the arts and getting uh, their creative oh wow. creative things inside of them and developing it that's good that's that didn't so important. work for everybody but you mm-hmm. know what it worked for me because at that school is where i learned how to how to make videos how to what? mix music how to how to edit that's how we got this podcast is because of that school yeah. it instilled yeah. in me the it, it opened up this creativity that i never had and they developed yeah. me and and i did so much for that school and like and um i love that school that was the first school that i i said i i, I thought like i love going to school like i want to go to school mm-hmm. yeah like i felt like i wanted to because I, i was so excited to get into the next task they had for me because it it made me think it made it me challenging. yeah like but you know i couldn't show that much love to it because i was still a gang member i couldn't be a, yeah i couldn't be all about that like and then there was times where like the homies would check me too like bro you staying after school just to freaking edit that video or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like like you're you're whack like why are you going to stay at school or whatever and i would just be like yeah you know what yeah that is whack let's let's oh. let's go drink <laughs> you know what that is? stupid why would i put yeah, you know what there. you're right uh, yeah. you're right you're right Gosh. so at that school i'm very grateful for it because it, it 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 really did teach me to be creative but also the teachers really got to me where they became kind of like friends and they really were involved in my life and they would always tell me like jonathan like you're not you're not this like you have so much more potential then who you think you are like like you can be somebody greater than than this and so they instilled that in me too so i was hearing this from my mom i was hearing this from the church i was hearing this from my my students so like i said all that even though i'm like okay i would take that and I, it, it was like a compliment right Because you know i'm i'm smart I, whatever But then, like I said, it was like weakness to me, and I and I didn't want it. Like, no, like I don't want to be that person. I I want to just be who I am. I just you know. So, my baby mom was pregnant, and I had to look for a job. It was my senior year, so I started ditching senior year because because I needed to work, mm. and and then and then something happened. So while I was looking for work one day, you know, I was stressing out because I was having I have a kid. I was illegal. I forgot to mention that, but I I was I was illegal this whole time. So so looking for a job when you're undocumented like it's like 20 times even harder to find for a job. Mm. And um, I was stressing about that at the bus stop and just you know, I'm just sitting there and then all of a sudden just like many times before, but this time hit different. I just hear like whistles in the back. I just hear I heard the whistle and I was like holy I was like I don't want to do this. And at this point I was just stressing, you know, I was just stressing about a lot of things. And I was like I don't want I don't want to do this. I just want to run. I want to run. Not because I don't want to fight. I just I just I have too much going on for me to like engage these people, but I knew I had to turn around. So I did. I turn around and yeah, of course it's 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 rival it's a rival neighborhood, it's rival gang. And you know, they're like, "What's up, blah blah blah, listen now." And like I had no strength. I had like I didn't want to fight. But I put my hands up and I'm like, "Okay, what's up?" So, you know, I started getting down with 
this guy. I got jumped at the end. I got jumped and um, dude spit that on means, me. That, that means you were winning at first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. Because, yeah. I don't know where. I just feel like, boom, you know, like, whatever. I'm, I'm getting jumped by three dudes. So I'm already feeling crappy. I just got my butt whooped. I get up. I got spit on and I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I'm furious, but I'm just like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to live this way. Like what? I'm tired of this crap. Like I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. I can't even go find a freaking job. Like without like trying to get into trouble because literally everywhere I went, everywhere, store, school, after school program. Everywhere I went, I had to fight. Everywhere I went, I got down. Everywhere I went, I got jumped. Everywhere I went, like, what? I had a target on my back all the time, all the time. And it, at this point, when in the beginning, like, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm all about that, blah, 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 you know, like, this is just life. And I, you know, I love the thrill and I did. I did love the thrill. But, but five I, years later. <laughs> but, but then I ran off. I ran off. And I'm like, dang, like I got away, whatever. I start walking because I was already kind of far. So I started walking and just, you know, just thinking about everything. And then all of a sudden I just hear another familiar sound in the back of my, like coming from the back, another sign. And this time it's not a whistle. This sign is a siren. And it's whoop, whoop. And like, I felt it and I'm like, ah. and I turn around and it's gang unit. And they're like, what's up? At this point, I changed my name. I got a new name. My name's not Pee Wee no more. They used to call me Lil G. Lil Gangster. That was full. Lil G short. G. They call me G. So, what's up, G? You know, they call me that because even though I was little, I used to dress super cholo, like gangster, gangster, like all, everything, all the way down, all the way through. I was the, like, baddest looking gangster, I thought. Like looking, because I did the whole thing, and so one of my one of my homies is like, bro, like you little. Look, I like you. You're little, but you keep it gangster. I'm gonna call you little gangster, little G. You know, so gang units started pulling me over. They're like, what's up, little G? And I hate that. I hate you know they're calling you your nickname, and uh, the, you know blah blah blah. Like what's up? Well, you you ran into these dudes, huh? Like blah blah blah, trying to get stuff out of me. I'm like, bro, just freaking take my picture. Do whatever you got to do. Just, just leave me alone. Because I wasn't even trying to deal with them either. I was just so, ah, like, my days suck. And I was like, just whatever, bro. Just freaking throw me in jail. Like, do whatever. So they picked me up. They sent me to to, to the juvenile. But at this point, I wasn't I wasn't a juvenile no more because I was already 18. But I didn't tell, I didn't tell them that. Because I had lied one time before, before this this arrest, I had lied one time before that I was younger because I didn't want to because I was illegal. So I, I knew that that was always over my head. I knew mm. that I could get kicked out of this country for anything that I did. And my mom instilled that into me. So I lied to them and I told them that I was 17 when I was really 18. So this time when they picked me up, they sent me to, ju to, to juvenile and... Yeah, it worked once. I went to jail and they they filled out my paperwork and I got out of this juvenile. But this time, when I when I showed up, they looked me up, they took my picture again, put me in in the cell, and then they're like, Jonathan Gonzalez, that's your last name? And I'm like, yeah. And they had two files. They had two files for me. One wow. Jonathan Gonzalez from September 10, 1992, and another Jonathan Gonzalez from September 10, 19. 95 or something I don't know what I said to them mm -hmm. and at that point my gig was up and uh, they're like you're not supposed to be here so they called the gang unit they called the gang unit hey he's not a juvenile no more like he got to go across the street across the street is the county jail and uh, these dudes freaking freaking they interrogated me it's like 12 o'clock at night I should have never freaking told him I told him that I was illegal I told him oh, wow. and the number one rule of anybody that's undocumented back then now it's different but back then you couldn't tell anybody that you were undocumented that's my mom told me that my mom taught me that the first rule never tell nobody that you're here illegally 
Never tell nobody. Nobody needs to know. Nobody should know. Mm-hmm. So I told them, bro, because they're like, why you lie? Why you lie? Blah, blah, blah. And I just told him. And, You're just over it. And I told him. And right when I told him, he's like, oh, yeah. So he threatened me to call ICE. He he threatened me. And, and he threw me in jail. He said, if you ever freaking do anything, we know where you live. We know who you are. We know you. We, now we have leverage against you. So they let me go. And I did. I walked out. But not even a month later. I, I got community service. I got community service, and then I seen this dude that that turned rat on us, that that snitched on one of one of the homies. I saw him in my community service program, and 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 it was a community service program. And I, I walk up and I see him there, and and, I, and like I said, I right now I already have this dread. Like I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is, you know, but I knew I had to do something. So I put in my head, like, how am I going to get him? I got to get him somehow. Like, I got to do something to him. Like, I can't just let him walk in front of my face and not do nothing. So the whole day, I, I did community service with him the whole freaking day. But then we got off the bus at the end. And I was like, okay, this is my chance. I got to do something now. Because if I don't do something now, like, I'm gonna, I'm a punk. I got to do something. Like, so I, I jump out the bus. And he's jumping off. And he already knows. Like, I'm keeping an eye on him. And I go up to him. And I'm like, what's up? Like, what's up, fool? Like, you snitched on the homies, like, blah, blah, blah. And I just, you know, I just start, like, I just start getting down with them, you know? And in my backpack, I had, like, a, I don't know what I had in there, but I had some. So I started, like, beating him up with my backpack. So he fell. And I started, like, I grabbed my backpack, and I would just, you know, in front of the, in front of, like, the the community service, like, <laughs> center. <laughs> like, right in front. I didn't wait. I didn't do anything. Like, I, I had to act now. So I just, boom, boom. And this dude, <laughs> this dude, like... You know, he was, you know, he was, he was screaming for his life and saying, help, help, somebody help me, like, blah, 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 like, and I'm like, shut up, like, it, was, it made me more mad because he, he was supposed to be a gangster and blah, 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 and this dude's crying for his mom right now, and, you know, so he, so he started, like, yelling, yelling, and I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm not trying to get caught up, you know, I know I'm in front of the freaking thing, but I'm not trying to get caught up, so I run. I run. I run as fast as I can. I dodge. I didn't have a car back then, so I took the bus. And and like I like right when I ran, I'm like I can't get caught. I can't get caught because this dude. Remember, I already got arrested. This dude already knows that I'm illegal. He's gonna get me. He's gonna do something to me. So I was running away, and I and I called my mom, bro. I called my mom, and I told her, Mom, you know what? I'm not coming home today. Like I don't know when you're gonna see me. Cause I thought like I don't know. I just, I was like, I I can't get caught up by these dudes, you know? So I was going to go on the run, for sure. I was going to just go on the run. My friends have been on the run before, and like I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm like, okay, don't tell them where I'm going. I'm going to I'm gonna go take the bus to Stead to like where we're, where we're from, and I'm going to go up there and whatever. Just don't tell them anything, whatever. I just want to tell you that I'm okay. Don't worry about me. I'm not going to call you, this and that. I hang up on them. So I get on the bus. And right when I'm on the bus, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm free. They ain't going to find me. Like, I, I'm from the bus stop to where we were at was like, it's pretty far. And they don't know I don't have a car. So I'm just in the bus, you know. I felt relieved. I'm listening to music. I'm almost there to 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 where we live. And the bus pulls over at a bus stop. And then we're, we're there. At the bus stop, I'm listening to music, and then everybody starts turning around. And then, like, everybody's turning around, and they're, like, getting up and looking at the back of the bus. So I look back, and I see sirens. They weren't stopping because there was a bus stop. They were stopping because the police stopped the bus. And I didn't hear because I had my headphones on. And they stopped the bus. And, and, and like, right when I seen the lights, and I saw it was gang unit. And there was this these particular... These particular officers there that freaking made my life miserable, that beat me up, that freak, this guy threatened me to call ICE. He beat me up. He freaking falsely accused me of stuff. This dude did the worst things to me. Like. The same dudes were in this car. Same dudes. So, so because they were, they're a unit. They're like a gang unit, but there's like different officers. And, 
the way that it's been explained to me is that different gangs are assigned to different officers. So, so these officers were always in my life, the same ones, the same ones, the same ones. So they saw me grow up. They took pictures of me. They saw, you know, I always got arrested. Anyways, they got off their car and my heart dropped. I, they started coming on. They came on the bus and they're like, Little G, come outside, man. We're, we're going to have a little talk. And, man, so and they, patronizing. And they, they, they put me in there and they put me in there and they're like, you, you messed up. You messed up. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of For Christ y Cultura. That was part two of my story. Thank you guys for listening. If you guys like this series, let us know. I've gotten some good feedback off of this. Um, and uh, tune in next week. Primeramente Dios. <laughs> if nothing crazy happens in my life again, uh, then it's going to drop next week. But if not, you know... We're going to postpone. So, again, if you caught that Easter eggs, hit us up. Progressive Cultura, unapologetically Christian, unapologetically Latino, and unapologetically dope.